Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Joining me on the phone, it is sometimes rock and roller and actor Dennis Quaid. He has a concert coming up on June 30th called the 2020 Concert for Love and Acceptance, which you can stream either on YouTube, Facebook, or simply at 4LA.org slash concert. That's F, the number 4LA.org forward slash concert. And on that... Uh, bonjour, Monsieur Alain, Mr. Alan Niven, co-host. How are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? Uh, I'm I'm excited because we've actually had rain in Montreal for the first time in about a, in about a month. So my my brown grass might actually become uh, a little less brown. Might 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 turn to a, a nice shade of yellow by the time <laughs> by the time today's done. Do you still have raccoons coming for water? I do, and uh, last night was fantastic because uh, they, they, these raccoons are these two raccoons, uh, and they're very distinct. They have a, they, they. I put out a couple of uh, breadcrumbs for them, and they completely ignored the the food last night. But I had a little tub of water sitting by the, on the patio, and they hopped in the the tub of water and just sat there. So my little tub of water, which is ba- primarily used to, to for water for the dog and stuff suddenly became a raccoon swimming pool. So that is how desperate it's been in this part of the world. I mean, it, yesterday, uh, and by the time you hear this, it's no longer yesterday, but we've, we've been in the upper 40s, uh, Umidex and Real Feel, if you want, uh, for the last two, three weeks. And, uh, and we're talking Celsius, so 100, 106, 107, 108. And that is just not Montreal weather. And it is just beating me down. It is, it is awful, awful. Anyway... Uh, shall we it's talk? Not, it's, it's not Canada weather at all. And, um, you know, somewhere in there, maybe the segue into having great balls of fire, um, which wasn't that the movie that Dennis Quaid played Jerry Lee Lewis? Absolutely was. And we talk about it quickly during the interview because we, we did try to get, you know, we talk about acting and we talk about stuff, but I did try to bring it back to uh, Dennis Quaid and the Sharks, his band, which... Uh, is not a great white cover band, by the way. Uh, should be, could be. Hey, if he's going to call it Dennis Quaid and the Sharks, he'd better be trying to learn how to play rock music. Good luck with that. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't be the the first uh, cover band uh, for for Great White. But anyway. <laughs> oh, I can think. I can think. I can think of two myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Dennis is also partnered in a uh, new project called audio up which is a podcast network which maybe maybe someday i will be a part of because that would be actually very fun he's got a show on there called the denison denisons and he interviews all kinds of guests from all walks of life which which was originally my concept by the way you know rock talk has become sort of a branded name and has become this thing but i was originally one-on-one which missed lafon and i kind of wanted to go back to that where I can interview Alexi Lawless, and I can interview Dennis Quaid, and I can interview whoever without having it to be rock-related. But when I went over to Podcast One and Westwood One, they said, oh, we hate the name. You're a rock guy. It's got to be rock talk. And I was like, okay. And, well, here we are, rock talk. So, Well, you know, even if it's called rock talk, that doesn't mean that you can't talk about rock and roll with people who are not actually creating it or a part of it. And to be perfectly honest, I mean, not 
everybody in rock and roll in a band is eloquent and articulate. And there's an awful lot of them who just go, well, my record's coming out and I think it's really good. And we've got a tour starting and nice talking with you, Mitch. Um, you know, I, I find it far more entertaining. I thought, I thought talking with Alexi was an absolute pleasure because he was excited to talk about rock and roll and you could tell it meant a lot to him to have his music collection and he was knowledgeable. And that to me was good rock talk. It was. I have to say, talking to Alexia Lawless was was fun. Uh, and and if you listen to the interview, it, it it wasn't really just interviewing Alexi. It was it was talking music, and it was almost like me and Alexi interviewing you at at times where you got to to talk about being around those guys, being around Bobby, being around Stephen, and uh, the 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 fan reaction that I've seen on Twitter and other places has been very positive because there are a lot of people that are writing me going. Hey man, I'm a soccer fan first, and that's where I know him from. And I didn't realize he loved music like this, and so that was very cool because I love Rat too. I had one like that just yesterday. He's like, I didn't know he loved Rat. I love Rat, and he's one of my favorite players. So wow, uh, which is I guess sort of what Rock Talk is supposed to do, right? We're we're, we're bringing people together. Absolutely. So are you going to put uh, Trudeau on the list of interviews? <laughs> <laughs> Sure, why not? Why not? Oh, I, why I not? Let's let us let us see if he's got a CD collection. Let's see if uh, he's drunk cocktails with Bobby Blocks. Of course, there is a tradition in Canada. There was was there not a first lady who um, more than drank cocktails with a rock and roll band? Well, yeah, Trudeau's mom, Margaret Trudeau. I think she was uh, ensconced in the Rolling Stones camp, right? I can just imagine what what Trudeau's uh, a playlist must be. It's got to be like bare naked ladies, blue rodeo, uh, 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 pursuit of happiness. What's that? What's that other great Canadian band uh, with Gore Downey? Um, tragically, I don't hip. know, but there tragically would. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, but there would have to be a Ronnie Wood song in there somewhere. Well, you know what? Hey, my phone has a Ronnie Wood song because he does. Uh, back from 1992, he does a duet with Joe Elliott of Def Leppard. And so, of course, being a completist, I have to have it in my list. But uh, let us get over to Dennis Quaid talking about the concert for love and acceptance, his new venture in podcasting with Audio Up, and uh, all kinds of great stuff, including including him telling us how much he adores Montreal, which, who doesn't, honestly? Uh, here is the one, the only, Dennis Quaid. We are speaking with actor Dennis Quaid. I know the show is called Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, but once in a while, you got to go outside the box. And so on that, uh, as we say in Montreal, bonjour, Denis. How are you? Excellent. Really good. Good. Um, well, we've got a lot of things to talk about. So we, we've got audio up, but we've got uh, the Denison, and we've got some other podcasts and stuff. But let's get started here with the Concert yeah. for Love and Acceptance, which will uh, take place on June 30th. And, of course, uh, fans can check it out mm -hmm. the uh, live stream on YouTube and also uh, at yep. f F4, so the letter F and then the number 4, LA.org forward slash a concert. Uh, talk to me about uh, uh, being part of that concert and what it stands for, because it is for GLAAD and for other uh, philanthropic causes. Uh, talk to me about that. Yeah. And uh, this is definitely a time where we need all the love and acceptance that we can get. 
Oh yeah, I, I agree. So now you're there as a performer. So so talk to me about the, what are we going to see when when we tune in to the show? Uh, are you going to be doing country? Are we going to be doing rock and roll? What what are fans going to get to see? Well, I wrote this. I wrote a song called America. I love you too. And about six months ago that I thought would be a great election year song. It's nonpartisan. But uh, it's, uh, I think it's unifying. And um, so I'm going to do that. And it's somewhere between country, Western and rock, somewhere kind of like, uh, you know, because one, two, three, what are we fighting for? Sort of like that old song, you know? Don't ask me, I don't give a damn. Next stop is Vietnam. It's one of those, you know, protest songs back in the 60s. So it's, it's I know a it. little bit like that. Yeah. I, I know it well. So the, so that's great. Now, in terms of other content, you know, with COVID sort of shutting everybody down, other than this show that takes place on June 30th, do you have any summer plans? I, I'm assuming that you can't make any movies right now. Nobody's making any movies right now. It's a great time to be in uh, in uh, Pottywood doing a podcast. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that's uh, you can do that. You can social distance with your ears. Uh, do a podcast. We started a, a podcast platform, a podcast studio, if you will, really uh, called Audio Up, and the Denisons, which is my show, uh, which is basically a talk show where I talk to people uh, that I've met in my life and uh, who have influenced me and uh, it's the first one out, but we have 17, uh, 17 scripted podcasts. We're doing like musicals or, or like the old radio shows of the, you know, the forties. And uh, we have another show called uh, scripts from a drawer, which is uh, I have a script that wasn't done. It's, it's on Spade Cooley, who was the king of Western Swing. We're going to take that script, cut it into six parts, and do it as uh, like the old radio plays. Yeah, so I'm, so let me talk a little bit about that, because part of what podcasting is is sort of this sort of shoot from the hip, let's do an interview kind of thing. And then you mm-hmm. look back to War of the Worlds and, and that stuff that you talk about in the 30s and 40s where the family sat around you know, the, the kitchen table at 8 o'clock on a Sunday night and listened to that. Is that what you want to sort of recreate that that old school, you know, where the content has a great uh, value and not just disposable? Well, you know, there's a, we want to go through across all genres is what our, our aim is as well. And I like that idea. You know, it's like old ideas that uh, have a way of coming around, you know, that are entertainment for people. That's basically what people are looking for to you know, buy their time and it uh, fits in perfectly. If you uh, take a, take a movie script and cut it into uh, about six parts and that's about 20 minutes an episode, which is about the amount of time people spend in their cars. Usually now that people are getting back in their cars <laughs> and uh, it was to entertain. We have another show uh, which is coming out very soon called uncle drank, which uh, we intend to also, uh, do an animated television show with sort of a la South Park or, um, you know, Beavis and Butthead, one of those, one of those, Gary Busey is going to play Uncle Drank. And he is sort of, he's a parrot head, uh, Gulf and Western country, or Gulf and Western star, not country Western, who uh, was probably at a, on a 
thirty year bender and woke up and now is making his reemergence. <laughs> I I had a chance so to listen to the 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 hick hick start video or uh, which I thought was uh, which I thought was great. Um now of course I do my own podcast and I have my way of 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 seeing things. When you got into this with Jared, you had said that you sort of want to take the world of podcasting from black and white into technicolor, sort of referencing the old movies that went from black and white to technicolor and of course opened up everybody's right. eyes. Uh how do you think you do that? Like, what is it about podcasts that have drawn your interest? Because you you have said, "Listen, I didn't listen to these things before," and then, whoops, something mm-hmm. awoke and you know, uh, Jared awoken this beast in me, and now I want to be part of this. Um, where can yeah, you go with this uh, medium? Two years ago, I never I never heard of listened to a podcast to tell you the truth, and then um, uh, Jared offered me. Uh, this story uh, podcast, which was uh, the first podcast to release a record. It was called Bear and a Banjo. And the people involved were Pooh Bear, uh, T-Bone Burnett, and Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan contributed some lyrics to a song. And Jared had done uh, a record with, with Pooh Bear. And so we put a story around the record sort of like a la Redheaded Stranger, Sergeant Pepper, uh, that way, and created a story around this, a true fictional story of American music from the days of when radio first started. And uh, it's, in effect, it brings back the concept album, which we all used to love so much, you know, growing up and listening, you listen to an album as a whole and, uh, you'd read all the liner notes and, you know, there was these stories and legends that were built up around them. And that's really what it's about, telling stories. And that's, our, that's you know, one of our aims along with, with everything else. That's what got my interest in it, telling stories. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. And of course, uh, uh, MGM and Primary Wave have a stake in this, in this uh, company as well. So, yeah, so we've got great partners. Oh. Uh, MGM, uh, we have access to their scripts going back to the 1930s movies done and undone in fact uh so there's there's a wealth of material out there that we can draw on as well as our originals it's great and and i'm looking forward to this now just because i know we have we're short on time so let me just ask you about dennis quaid and the sharks out of the box came out last year uh Mm -hmm. It's a fun release. I mean, I, I, I've checked it out. I knew this interview was coming up, so I said, I'll check it out. And Jamie Adler phoned and said, you got to check it out. So I did. Uh, yeah. Is that one of those, I, I had this music in my system and I got it out and merci, bonsoir, and off I go. Or is it something you want to develop and have Dennis Quaid and the Sarks, you know, album number two, album number three? How do you sort of see the musical Dennis Quaid coming along? Well, uh, I've always been musical. You know, I've learned to play guitar before. I even started acting, and uh, I knew I was never going to shred a guitar, so songwriting was <laughs> my defense for that. And over the years, I've done many music movies, you know, uh, Great Balls of Fire, uh, and I thought I went on in Georgia. There's about three, two or three more, and I've sold songs that I've written to uh, films over the years. And so it's always been a part of me. And I've always had a band, had a band called the Eclectics in the 80s, which was Bonnie Raitt's 
backup band. Basically, we shared bands together. And uh, so it's something that I just have to do. I always do, uh, always will do. Um, either with the Sharks or uh, Jamie James, the guitar player of the Sharks, and I have split off and we're doing a duet with the guitars, which highlights the songwriting and playing more intimate clubs uh, called Quaid and James. And I'm working with Robbie Krieger right now in the studio, the doors uh, on a couple of things. In fact, Robbie's going to be part of America. I love you, which we're going to do for uh, TMT. Yeah. And actually that was my, my next question. Uh, Robbie Krieger of the doors. I've, I've had a chance to interview him. Just a, a terrific, terrific person and talent. Talk to me about working with him because, you know, when you're working with somebody who has been with The Doors, that, that is iconic in the sense of music industry. You know, they revolutionized what was going on in the 60s. What's that like yeah. for you? And, and and how did you get to meet him? Uh, Robbie, I mean, the first song that I tried to learn when I got a guitar at 12 years old was Light My Fire. And, of course, it's country chords that are very hard to play <laughs> uh, for a beginner. But uh, you know, always been a huge, huge fan. And with the Sharks, we right out of the box uh, when we started back back in two thousand three, we started doing "L.A. Woman" and "Riders on the Storm" back to back, which is a sixteen-minute rock and roll, uninterrupted, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, it came it came a time where uh, I was invited to go to this charity, uh, play this charity thing. And, you know, the Robbie was putting on and, uh, I did, you know, writers on the storm there. And I just kept coming back. <laughs> you can't get rid of me now. <laughs> and, uh, we've become good friends. He plays golf as well. And, uh, it's, you know, you, you have to kind of, uh, pinch myself every once in a while because it's Robbie Krieger, man. And, uh, he's such a great guy, really great guy. One of the, like you said, one of the icons. He is. And listen, I'm doing the same thing right now. I'm talking to Dennis Quaid and I'm pinching myself because growing up through the 80s, a lot of your movies meant a lot to to me. I mean, you know, you, you, you would come to June, July and be like, oh, the new Dennis Quaid movie's out. You got to go see it. So uh, I do want to ask you about a couple of them uh, that had a great importance to me. But uh, staying in the musical thing, uh, you mentioned Great Balls of Fire. Uh, talk to me about that role. Was that something where, you know, you really wanted to get the essence of the man and say, this is what he is, or were there a little bit of sort of dramatic, uh, licenses taken just to tell a good story? And, and what does Jerry Lewis mean to American rock and roll? Well, Jerry Lee Lewis, I'll start with that. Jerry Lee Lewis, I think was the first, like truly rock and roll personality to really hit out there. He really embodied everything about that. Elvis, you know, Elvis, I mean, there's Elvis, there's, he's the king, right? Uh, there's no denying that. But, uh, he, you know, Elvis was also um, kind of squeaky clean in a way, whereas Jerry Lee came along and he was, you know, he was a wild child. And uh, that's really kind of the way he lived his, he lived his life. He sort of embodied rock and roll and uh great voice uh what a great talent on the piano and put him up against anybody uh and he just lived it he lived that he lived that you know rock and roll lifestyle basically and uh 
I got the role, uh, I uh, was lucky enough because I didn't play piano at the time. I played guitar, but I had a year to prepare for it. And so I sat at the piano for 12 hours a day. And I had many teachers, one of them uh, who was uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, teaching me piano during that time. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was, it was I have, like I said, I have to pitch by. I've had a lucky life. I really have. And uh, it's all about the left hand, really, about getting your left hand. If you get, it's an athletic move with that left hand. And if you can get that, you hardly need a right hand. But I still play and I still continue to uh, study him. Do you consider that to be one of your greatest performances? I, uh, I have, but you know, the way I judge my movies is about the experience I had while I was making it. And uh, when I was doing Jerry Lynn Lewis, I had a good time, so they tell me. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I wound up in rehab about a year after we finished that uh, film. And, uh, you know, it was back in the 80s. It was uh, yeah, quite a time. Oh, the yeah, 80s were fantastic. Yeah, Jerry Lee was over my shoulder the entire movie saying, you did it wrong, son. And, uh, but at the same time, he could be very, very generous. Boy, would I like to go back to the 80s. And, and uh, before we wrap up, I, I got a couple more questions. Uh, for me, I remember this specifically going to uh, cinema down here in Montreal to go see Inner Space. Uh, Martin Short, fantastic. Yeah. Meg Ryan, fantastic. Um, talk to me about that movie because it seemed to me that this sort of, you know, shrinking everybody technology kind of thing was sort of innovative. Did did you find that to be a, a fun movie to make? And and sort of how do you decide? You know, I'm going to do comedy. I'm going to do serious. I'm going to do drama. I'm going to do uh, musical. Talk to me a little bit about that one because that one was sort of the one for me. And I know it might sound silly, but yeah. I love that movie. I never had uh, any kind of strategy in my career, except I wanted to do as many types of movies as possible. You know what I mean? I think that's what gives you a leg. Uh, and Interspace was so much fun to do. Marty Short and I, because uh, uh, you know, I was playing part where I'm shrunken down and I'm inside Marty Short. So we're at work every day together so we could feed each other lines. And we just sat in my trailer and watched Meg walk by <laughs> and, and uh, just had a blast. It was a ball to make. And uh, it's the number one movie around the world that I'm recognized for, even though at the time it was, it was a dud at the box office. I've been in the back water of India and somebody has said to me, enter space. And uh, it, it became a classic movie. But at the time, it, uh, when it came out, the poster, which is the way they used to sell movies before that, you know, before the internet and all that, it uh, didn't say anything about on the poster about comedy. People thought it was a science fiction movie and uh, stayed away from the box office and droves. But then they discovered it on uh, VHS. Well, I got to say, I, I paid the whatever, $6 or whatever it was back then to go see a film, and I loved it, and I still love it. Uh, just let me get back to uh, The Dendesense real quick. 
In terms yeah. of the show's content, you've you you know you've had on uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, you've had on Albert Bu- uh, Pujols. God, my 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 pronunciation. Pujols. Yeah. Pujols, yeah. Uh, you have people from different walks of life. What is sort of the the, the show's vision? Is it just an interesting interview, or are there certain people you won't have on? Well, I took this philosophy at it. You know, as an actor, my favorite part of uh, making a movie is the research so that I do into the character that I'm playing, whether he's fictional or whether he's a real person. And I try to capture the essence of that person. I, I, uh, that's why I love acting is to figure out what makes people tick. And so I took that same approach in the interview process, uh, for the Denisons. In fact, I, uh, interviewed Jimmy Morris the other day who I played, uh, in the rookie. And, um, but I bring that, that same sort of line of questioning, uh, into the process of maybe you get sort of a different take than just, uh, a regular interview, which you do so well, you know, I, I figured that would be what I would be good at and make it a little different. And, and it's working out. It's listen, it, I, I listened to a bunch of the episodes and I thought it was just fantastic. That Adam Carolla episode is, is classic. Um, and then uh, where else can we go here? Uh, just real quick. Uncle Drank, the uh, Totally Hammered podcast. You mentioned that earlier. When does that start airing? And and I think it's like a limited series, but at some point, do you do you see yourself renewing it and moving it forward? And uh, talk to me about actually scripting uh, these shows. Uh, yeah, we, we uh, that's a scripted podcast. Uh, and we're really looking at it as a, you know, as a television show, animated television show for your ears, which we are looking to make an animated uh, show a la South Park or you know, Beavis and Butthead, you know, in that genre uh, for Uncle Drank. And uh, it's just a natural fit to, to make that leap with that, you know. And uh, it's, we've been having really good response uh from the uh, from the you know, for the record companies to do this, we're bringing in a lot of country western artists, what we're going to call Gulf and Western from now on. And uh, Gary Busey is going to play Uncle Drake. He's a perfect fit. Somebody's you know been out for thirty years in the, and coming back, and uh, uh, it's going to be very very funny. I, I listen. I can't wait. I, I've I've had a little sneak peek at some of the audio, but I can't wait. Uh, just real quick, uh, speaking of the '80s, uh, the president at the time was Ronald Reagan. You know, Reaganomics mm-hmm. and the whole thing. Your movie Reagan was supposed to come out, or, or the or it's coming out. The the filming has been postponed. Talk to me about well, just, uh, yeah, we're going to yeah, we're going to start filming that September first. So yeah, oh great, that that's good news. Uh, talk to me though about that role and. And without sort of being a spoiler, how how are we going to are, are we looking at this more in terms of a historical representation or more of, you know, the 80s with sort of a roaring 80s? And what's the approach to this film? And, and how did you decide to, to do President Reagan? Well, I was asked uh, a group of people that were close to Reagan, actually, uh, gave their blessing to this film. And it's it looks at his whole life. Uh, Ronald Reagan's life itself is very interesting. And he, you know, he was, uh, he was in radio himself. He used to call baseball games. You know, he was a lifeguard who saved about 
60 people. <laughs> uh, I grew up really during a time, very interesting time at the, you know, the first third of the 20th century uh, there in the Midwest. He's definitely a product of the Midwest. He was, you know, he became a movie star, a, a B movie star, if you will. Uh, yeah. And uh, for all that, and he, he was a spokesperson, the first one to really uh, actively seek out branding uh, in, uh, in entertainment and uh, with General Electric. Uh, he, he was also, what I find really fascinating about Ronald Reagan, besides all of the achievements and everything, was that there's a person that was, everybody really thinks that they knew. But those closest to him, he was a mystery to people who were closest to him. And there, therein lies the, the really interesting part about what makes Ronald Reagan tick. I mean, the, the 80s were so. I, I, listen, I love the 80s. Uh, we will, of course, remind folks that the Denisons can be heard on Audio Up, which is a very, very exciting platform. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. The uh, Concert for Love and Acceptance, uh, June 30th. And uh, Dennis, listen, I could go on for another hour, but uh, merci. I know our time was limited, so merci beaucoup. And uh, yeah, this is, this is great. This is great. Yeah. I think Audio All Up right. is very Are exciting. You the I am in Montreal, yes, yes, and you oh, came man, in. Oh man, I love it. Bahrain. You ever get the Creole sticks over there? Yeah, where did you play that? You you played a, a bar Saint Paul or Saint something like that last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that that was right. a great time. The old city. I love Montreal. I just I I love going there. I love the people, the food. The, the summertime is just the most. Probably the most glorious place in North America. And, I won't disagree. And, uh, and, and these these days, we've yeah. been in the high nineties for the last week. It's it's brutal but well, beautiful. But uh, well, okay. Let me wow. let me. I'll just ask so, you this real quick. Have you filmed? You obviously must have filmed here before, right? Yes, I have many times. In fact, and I, yeah. I uh, did a television series here called The Art of More. Uh, uh, Done a couple of movies there over the years. It's a great place to to shoot. Uh, uh, a lot more fun than Toronto. <laughs> I agree. I'll, put that in there. <laughs> I'll agree. But uh, and we have a better you hockey fix team. The freeways yet? Uh, yeah, fixing freeways is a part of the long term plan. Uh, it's been about fifty years that we've mm-hmm. been working on it. <laughs> right. But we're good at winning Stanley Cups, Ball, and we got great bagels. Yeah, Montreal Barre. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, listen. It is. It is the. Uh, it is the capital of the orange cone, but uh, yeah. But we've got great smoked meat and <laughs> great bagels. Pardon me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there you go. And uh, on that, uh, merci, monsieur. And and uh, boy, man, audio up, man. That that is a great, great platform. Uh, very much looking to see how you and Jared and MGM and Primary Wave develop this because I think, I think it will become the industry standard for podcasters. Well, uh, your mouth to God's ears. That's what we want to be. It's like the YouTube of podcasts. It's really like a movie store, uh, a movie studio. We're changing the name to Pottywood. <laughs> there you go, Pottywood. And uh, on that, uh, thank you. You can't so- make movies out here anymore, James. 
No, you can't. All we can do is podcast. I got to say, COVID has been the greatest for me. I used to do one show a week. I'm now doing three shows a week because everybody's home and talking. So, Right. It's a great time for that. It's a great time. Great time for podcasting, yeah. And, uh, you know, just uh, thank you, by the way, for all the movies. Uh, You know, there's so many to list, but uh, like Inner Space and and Great Balls and and, uh, Right Stuff. And uh, listen, it, it... you're the best. <laughs> That's all. That's well, all. thanks for having me on. Appreciate thank you. It. Thank you, sir. We'll uh, hopefully we'll right. talk again soon. Have a great day. Merci. Bye bye. Want to take a shower with Mitch? Hey Siri, play Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. I couldn't find Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon in your music. Ugh, she never works. 